0: all right everybody welcome back to another episode and my guest joining me today you might recognize her as a former winner of the challenge but she also is a nutritional therapist and she does her own podcast called the meathead hippie podcast miss emily shram how you doing
1: hey i'm so good mike thanks for having me
0: i'm really excited to be chatting with you and we got to tell the listeners what i just told you before the recording started sort of about how the universe works because for those who remember, Emily's original um, debuting stint on MTV was with Real World DC and um, one of her fellow castmates, Mike Manning, who I previously chatted with. We were just talking about how I went back and rewatched my thing with him and it was paused on the part of him calling you guys twins. So it was kind of the universe telling me that I should probably make this thing happen.
1: Oh, and I told you how easy it was when you reached out about a podcast. It was a no-brainer because you said you had just interviewed Mike Manning. And I was like, well, then that's a yes for me. So he is totally my twin. We had such serendipitous, synchronistic journeys and even, like, pictures of us together. Our eyes are the same. And so we were like, wow, Real World brought us back together. We could have been brother and sister and, like, literally— twins so he's he's wonderful
0: <laughs> it really was so uncanny like your archetypes like because they do kind of they're smart with the way they cast they kind of like pluck people from different different perspectives and the outcomes of what they're kind of dealing with um but you two had like such similar paths I feel like yeah. and like it was almost like parallel to each other so that's pretty funny
1: it was and I think if I thought about it now that you said that there's kind of the reflection of you know, he was still pretty religious and really in a place of figuring out how to use um, freedom of his sexuality in a religious context. And I had come from such a religious background that I was kind of anti all religion and was on the whole other pendulum swing. So Mike really did bring bring me back to center a little bit to recalibrate because I was very much on the other side of what what religion had put me through. So yeah, that was interesting how they did that.
0: Was that environment, because I remember I was, uh, I flipped on Paramount Plus the other day, just to kind of get like a refresh. Um, was that like environment and you walking in there, like obviously it's a culture shock, but from like two different perspectives, like you're all like young 20 year old, so automatically it's already gonna be a tough adjustment. But with, like, your upbringing, you alluded to the fact that, like, you were a little sheltered, if I'm correct. So a lot of, like, you know, the partying scene and just living with strangers was kind of foreign to you. You know what was... Yeah.
1: Yeah. The culture shock was more, actually... Well, there's two things. I had a, a kind of lots of segments with the producer because I felt so constricted. I felt like I was back in a cult. So I struggled a lot with just being in that environment where you can't walk out of the door without telling someone. You can't make a phone call without telling someone. You have no access to Wi-Fi. So the restrictions of literally just living in this house and doing this production brought back so many triggers of being told what to do and not having my freedom. And so I was like a trapped bird and I had a lot of freakouts just in that alone. And then absolutely the other side of it of you know I I was very naive I'm grateful for it but very naive walking into the show because it just happened to be such an accident that I got on it that there was nothing else I could say except it was divine timing and or divine intervention like the universe right like okay, here I am, I have no idea what to expect, I have no expectations or presumptions because I hadn't even seen the show. And that kind of was really wonderful because it left me just me, but it also was like very naive and I was like sucker punched, you know, like, oh my God, this is not what I thought. This is so much more and it was so intense, especially the aftermath. Watching yourself, seeing other people watch you you know, if you are 20 or if, you know, a lot of 40-year-olds are in the same boat as as 12-year-olds or 20-year-olds, it doesn't matter what age, to put yourself in a position or situation where you have to reflect and really see who you are, it's a really hard thing to do. And then to also have critique or even positive feedback, it's a a very bizarre situation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, good good and bad bring up a lot and it it expedites your self-growth, but it it's not without issues. <laughs> it's not without some trials and, and tribulations, which definitely were a part of my journey um, during the show and then after the show as well.
0: Were you in like a full blown cult prior to the show?
1: Oh, yes. I mean, you know, I watch documentaries like Going Clear or I've seen, you know, you can watch a lot of Scientology documentaries and there's there's things that could always be worse, you know, when you watch some of these shows, but the concept of having one person in control, usually a wealthy person, and then using fear as a way to keep people in a space, um, that that was my entire upbringing. And so it's just a really interesting, you know, we lived in a cornfield and we, we wow. you know, we, certain things that, whether it's pop culture references or just in general movies, like I still am watching movies from the late eighties and nineties that people talk about. And I'm like, Oh, I finally get it. Like, this is what they were, <laughs> this is the jokes, you know? So there. but at the same time, you know, to be that sheltered, I'm very grateful. My parents, who they are and also my sisters, so, you know we ended up okay, but it's, there's a lot of people that don't end up okay. And yeah, it was a, a very much, um, An example of the patriarchy and Bible Belt religion going wrong. (laughs) You know, I was definitely a product of that for a while.
0: Yeah. And now, I mean, look at you, your kind of journey that you're on currently, um, you're in like more of like a spiritual um, sort of finding of yourself through some of the things that you do, like through fitness And uh, you're very Zen, I should say, these days. Like, can you attribute that to any one thing in particular? Or did you just organically develop that over time, maybe through like hobbies?
1: What a great question. What you said, I think, is so the right word, which was, you know, I I was on a journey of self, and I think I'm going to be on that journey until I leave this life. You know, so I think the best thing is when we choose to learn more about ourselves or we choose to get uncomfortable so that we can grow a little bit or we choose to challenge what we know to be true. Life, that's life. And I even today as I'm driving, I'm going up to Canada and I'm on my way to Portland, Oregon today. And somebody said, like, it's called life it was a bumper sticker. It's called life. Start acting like it. And it was so aggressive and kind of like, I wouldn't ever have that on my car. But at the same time, it had a lot of truth to it, which is we spend so much of our time watching other people live their life or wishing we were somebody else or wishing we could do something, it it drove me mad. And so after a real world and after this huge, insane change of scenery from Missouri, Bible Belt, you know, I was in college, I was gonna study to be a veterinarian, I thought I had my life figured out working with animals. That was it. Real world happened. I was working at Starbucks when the casting director came in and I actually made a bad joke about the show and how I, I <laughs> thought it was still <laughs> I thought it was like, this is crazy. Why would anybody want to do that? And he thought it was hilarious, which is how that ended up being my first interview. So getting onto the show was such a again an accident that felt like okay this is life opening up to me and i need to say yes to it and as soon as that happened you know everyone kind of has that initial when you're growing up or whenever you start saying yes to life like there's a a movie i love have you seen yes man with yeah, yeah. jim mm-hmm. i think that's the best example it's just <laughs> like yes just start saying yes so as soon as that happened I became very addicted to what can happen on the other side of the things that we don't know. And so after real world, I moved to um, from Missouri to the mountains in Colorado. I actually started because I went to visit Mikey. We went snowboarding together and I fell in love, wanted to learn how to snowboard. And then from there, it was just a lot of progression of, I want to get to know who I am because we spend so much time running away from who we are. We run away for, various reasons, but we we don't really come back in. And so to really get to know oneself is just like the best, most exciting thing, because that's when we break through those fears and those barriers, and we just learn how to live in our fullest, biggest self. And so lots of things happened to get me there but it was it's just been such a journey it's been such a fun wonderful journey of choosing to say yes and choosing to make sure that i'm putting myself in situations where i thrive i'm not just surviving and stressed and worried and anxious it's like i want to live in joy and have fun and that's what we're here for and so what i need to do always changes based on how i make sure that that's the end result
0: And that's really all you can do is try to put yourself in those positions to not only just be a better version of yourself, but, like, experience life in just, like, its purest form. Like, I think in current society, a lot of people are stuck up on, like, carrying themselves in the way of comparing to other people or what they don't have via social media instead of just using the resources around you, you know?
1: Yes. And also just you know, always coming back to like, how do I feel content in the body I'm in? And that's really the, the thing I see. If like, we're always looking outside of ourselves. It's it's even resources close by us. It's always going to come back to the deep journey of how do we love ourselves? How do we feel proud of who we are? How do we put ourselves in situations where we're feeling good about ourselves? You know, it's just that the majority of people don't feel good about themselves and that always kind of I I remind myself of that often because that is such an important thing that if if people who do feel good about themselves can share more about how they got there then that's the only thing we can do in this crazy world that we're living in you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we'll work our way up back to the real world stuff because another thing that I did notice from your Instagram I think you posted either yesterday or today was that you hadn't done um, was it a muscle up in five years is that correct yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this,
1: like a strict muscle up where you hold the false grip and yeah you know, it just was like such my party trick when I would you know I would just be able to rep them out and I went to this gym in Mount Shasta and I saw rings for the first time because the gym I have in Denver we don't even have rings I was like oh my gosh I wonder if I still could do it and I did, and it was super fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Like, I feel like something, like, if you take such a long period of time away from doing it, it's just way more fun. Even if you enjoy it in the moment, just taking, like, oh. a break of something and then doing it again is, like, the best.
1: It is. And, it, well, it's also, like, yeah, it's, it's doing the things because you enjoy them, not because you think you should. And I think there is certain things, especially when I was in my CrossFit stage when I was in it. You know, I had so many reasons for doing it, but there was so much joy sucked out of it. By the mm. end of it, I was like, why am I doing this? I'm I'm more frustrated at myself than I am proud of myself. And that means that I'm in the wrong type of modality to grow as an individual. So that's when the modality had to shift. So that yes, exactly what you said, taking time off and then coming back to it and being like, oh, this is kind of fun. I can have fun with this again. <laughs> and, and knowing... And knowing when it's not fun is only because, like, I'm taking it way too seriously.
0: (laughs) What was it about the CrossFit that you felt sucked the fun out of it?
1: Well, uh, there's something really beautiful about finding workout routines that give you tangible outcome. So, like, a timer always existed with CrossFit, and you always had weight on the scale on the bar, right? Like, you always had your deadlift numbers, your your snatch numbers, your cleans. And then you had a time to beat all the time. So there was such, there was never, um, how do you feel today, Emily? Maybe we should do something a little different based on how you feel. Or are your adrenals a little taxed? Or did you not sleep very well? It, no matter what, you showed up to the gym and it was three, two, one, go. Timer, buzz, go as fast as you can, do as much as you can. And nothing in life is constantly improved, right? If we look at like the cycles of nature, there's times where you're really high and then you have to drop. Like farming is a great example, right? You can't farm year round. There's a season so that it cover. And so for me, I personally never actually took the time off because that's not how CrossFit works. It's not in the system, which is why I think it's a broken system. (laughs) And so I, I not only just crashed really hard adrenally and physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, but I, when I tried to come back to it, I realized that the whole system is broken. So I was like, you know what, this is no longer for me. And I want to find ways to move that are more natural so that I don't have to have these really 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 good workouts and then really really shit workouts you know it's all it all balances itself out in a way that stays enjoyable um because overtraining is usually when you just
0: become jaded yes
1: yeah exactly Mm -hmm.
0: totally get it i think it's important to kind of find a happy medium place like obviously do stuff that's going to like benefit you but like if it burns you out then what cost you know so at least try to find like the balance there so i understand where you're coming from yeah um so I do want to kind of now bring it back to DC a little bit um your season I think maybe due to like the lack of presence really on the challenge kind of I don't want to say gets thrown to the wayside but people like sort of overlook your season to a certain degree would you agree with that
1: yeah I would I mean I only say that because I feel as if when i not because i have reference to others but what i feel they tried to do in dc was different than what they've tried to do elsewhere so 100%. Right. So there was something about it where I could feel it from all the producers and everyone who was a part of it. They did want to make a little bit more of a political statement or they wanted to be more part of social justice causes. They wanted to share the goodness of what DC is. And especially, obviously, Mike Manning being somebody that was such, such a proponent of it. And so we were put in situations like for me, I, I taught poetry to a lot of beautiful people. You know, teenagers and kids. And then I worked with this Africa Action policy reform. So there was so much good that was happening. And it felt like after about a month in, they like rung it all in. And I could feel a shift where they were like, this isn't going to work. People aren't going to want to watch this. People aren't going to want to watch people doing good things. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, you know, which yeah, is, a, yeah. it's true. It's unfortunate. It is. It's true. And so there was a change in the direction and there was a lot of pressure for just in general for us to change what we were doing and more more drinks were involved and we started going out more and there was like a, a shift. But I you, I wasn't even aware of it until after when I realized, oh, my gosh, like what we were doing was so amazing, but they didn't even show it. You know, we were really a part of the community and really a part of helping just bring voice to some of the things that were really important LGBT rights was a huge one i mean there's just things after things after things but that didn't get views that didn't get action it's it's not like you know drama and that's all what people want to see so it just was, it's kind of just an interesting dynamic where it's like okay this is a social experiment for the participants for the cast it's a social experiment for the viewer to watch this happen but ultimately, reality TV is, you know, what is it about? It's about people watching other people really suck at life or like, you know, <laughs> just really like have a be a shit show and be a hot met. Yeah. Uh, like, there's something very gratifying about seeing that on TV. <laughs> like, does, is it because it makes us feel better? Probably, and that's okay. But it's just, if there's not enough of that, then it's not really something that's memorable. So it was an interesting thing um, to be a part of and then also reflect upon.
0: <laughs> I'll say this. You guys really do have the feel and the makings of kind of like a throwback type season. Because, you know, like, the originality of this genre wasn't always like that. It was basically people finding out things about each other and themselves in, like, a social, uh, you know, experiment. Like, in an enclosed house, it's just seven people from all different walks of life. And then I'd say from, like, around the time when, like, Real World Vegas came out was when the shift happened, when it became more about, like, the partying and the drama aspect. And you guys were sandwiched in between, like, I think it was... um, you guys were season 22 or 23, I think. And then you guys were um, sandwiched between uh, Cancun and New Orleans, two, like, very drama-heavy seasons. So, right. yeah, it, it was uh, – and not to mention, I didn't even mention this, Jersey Shore came out right at the same time as you guys.
1: Damn, yeah, I know. They, they tried. I guess I, like, give it to them for trying and, like, wanting to – do something different and be a little bit more of a socially aware season but um, yes. I don't know if it I don't know if it worked
0: did you go on any of those because um, I know club appearances were a big thing at the time did you meet any of the uh, Jersey Shore people on any of those by any chance
1: no I did not because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it was like you guys seasons really like coincided with each other so I wasn't sure
1: Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I forgot. Dang, Josie Shore. Wow.
0: And social media, too. Social media just kind of um, touched ground, too, once you guys did your season.
1: Yeah, no, I do remember that because that was something that was really quite impactful because I started sharing kind of the journey of, getting back in shape and eating healthier and just in general, the discovery of my, my body and in a way of how to be physically healthy. And I had a lot of health issues. So like sharing that was a huge part in what propelled me into starting my first business and getting into the nutrition and fitness and wellness that I, that I did for so long and still do to some extent.
0: Did you notice like the, um, Change like once you came back like immediately like were you getting recognized in public a lot
1: you know it's interesting like where you are in the world that you get recognized I've noticed um Missouri and Texas are two very big states where like I'm like even to this day I'm kind of surprised when it happens but I have uh yeah there there was definitely that <laughs> yeah you know but that then, weird? uh you know it's actually kind of fun because it's when people I like when people are really up front about it there's people who know and they pretend they don't know you know and then they're like you look really familiar and I'm like just tell me you know where you know me from like don't make this up <laughs> for me just just say it uh and then there's some people who genuinely think that they know me and so those are super cute because I just kind of play along with it for a while and Oh where would you go to high school? <laughs> or where where did you go to college or like oh you know and then find, if if it, if they remember it then it's fun but sometimes they never remember it and i just like to play along with the story.
0: <laughs> have have you ever told somebody like um like if they told you oh i think i know you from somewhere like oh no i think you got the wrong person.
1: Oh yeah. Oh for sure like <laughs> people's vibes are everything like I can pick up people's energy so fast and so if someone comes into my field and is like you know like if I just have no desire to talk to them I'll be like I look like a lot of people (laughs) like trying to get people out Um, but most people I will say are really kind and really cute like yes oh god this is a cute story so I was just in um, Sacramento and my cat I travel with my cat in my van And he got so sick, like so sick, that I thought he was gonna die, Mike. It was so traumatic. This is just like a week ago. And it was, I was devastated because this cat I've had for 14 years and I just love him so much. And somebody saw on my social media that I was like, very emotional about my cat and then saw my van and came and gave me a huge hug and wanted to tell me like, I hope your cat is okay. You know, so it was just like these moments there, there's usually 99% of them are really beautiful and warm. And I'm so grateful for it because it is true. It's like you guys watched, if you've watched real world or any of the challenges, or if you've been following me or anybody, You do build a connection with them and it's a weird connection because you obviously don't know them, but the support is so appreciative appreciative because there's so much shit, (laughs) so much critique or so much bad that it's like when you have the special moments, you just hold on to it and then it just makes everything worth, you know, the, the icky interactions that sometimes happen.
0: Right. Has there ever been a period where maybe things that people say like online ever affected you emotionally from your time on the show?
1: Oh my God, yes, this was a really intense thing because I I had a horrible experience when I was doing a challenge where I put Nutella on my face,
0: mm-hmm. do you remember? This? Yeah, and so, yeah.
1: And it was such a, you know, I, I wish more than anything I could take that moment back, but I did not know what I was doing when I had that on my face and it then it turned to like, oh my God, I just participated and represented a horrible, overt racist thing that I I didn't even have awareness of. So it was was awful, like from every level of how terrible I felt and how much shame I felt and how regretful I was about that whole experience. And that was so intense. Um, When that comes up, it's intense because it's something that I don't take lightly because racism does exist. And there's so much work to be done as we know and so having that come up and me be a part of that, it was like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. And now I, I wanna take radical responsibility of that, that I, I should know that this is something that is a very negative thing. Like I need to do yeah. my research, learn, relearn my history, you know, take responsibility of that. But when it comes at a really intense um, from a space of real deep hurt and pain, which I understand why, uh, it was it is really hard for me to be a part of. There's been many periods throughout the last eight years or nine years since that happened, where it'll it'll resurface on TikTok, it'll resurface on something, and I I get attacked by <laughs> the masses, and it's you know they might not know the whole story, they might not know my heart, you know, there's so many variables, so I can't even blame them for being angry, but I, I, oh, it's just like the worst of humanity when there's disconnection and not a conversation and no conclusion. And also the fact that racism even exists, period, you know, that this is a part of our history is the deeper thing. So that was the heaviest, deepest, darkest, like I, I've been very depressed from that years before because it was so intense to handle and try to figure out how to navigate and and just wanting to do the right thing and make the world a better place and I'm so sensitive that it was just like damn okay this is this is what I signed up for and I have to be ready for that and I want to be able to be a voice that can help transmute this so that we can educate people and that i'm educated and that we just make the world a better place through this and that's that's all we can do
0: right like obviously we know like it wasn't you know the best situation but like i think like from anybody that's hearing you talk and like seeing like how you've handled the situation at in the aftermath can genuinely tell that like you feel bad about the situation and just at the time just weren't educated in that regard like in that subject so like i don't think what you did obviously was coming from like a place of genuinely you feeling that way. You just didn't know what you were doing really at the time. And now you've obviously uh, learned the dangers of what that brings. So, um, and that's another thing too, like with the shows being able to like watch back now with like streaming service and like social media being so prevalent, people are like watching this and it's almost like they feel like they're watching it as it's happening. Like right now, (laughs) you know, like, that was in two thousand twelve, you know, so like, and it's not excusing it, but it's like you've obviously like learned from it, and you know you've openly spoke and how you feel terrible about that situation, so
1: yeah, I mean, and it's just there's always a lesson in everything, and so what you said is so true, it's just like, oh damn, you know, everyone do their research about what history actually is, because what we were taught is wrong. (laughs) Just like no matter where we're coming from, if we're in America, we have been told a different version of history than is actually true. And so it is such a beautiful thing to just like, if that's my golden nugget of like the reason this all happened, I would do that again and again. I wouldn't ever do it again, but like I would go through that process again and again and just. Be an example for it because, yeah, as you said, there is so much to to learn or like also there's so much for me to learn that I'm grateful for that experience. And it it definitely is one of those moments where you're like, I signed up for this, the good and the bad. I'm, I'm here. I'm a part of this experience and I get to show all of me to the world. I chose that. I said yes. So that's gonna mean a lot of different things. And that was one of the directions it was it took for me.
0: Did that situation um hurt more because it involved someone that you cared about, like with Ty?
1: Yes, you know, and actually it even hurt more at a deeper level because my boyfriend at the time was African American. He was wow. black. And so I was dating someone, but I couldn't even share that. It was like such an intense His family, my best friend, Hillary, her family, like there was those the people in my life are not white that I love very dearly. So it was even more of like, of course, initially I was super defensive because I was like, I'm not racist. And then I realized this is this. We all need to learn something if we are not of color, if we are not of that color. And it was just a really interesting position to be in where, yeah, it was just like, I cared so much about the people in my life, not being hurt and having those really hard conversations with them, that the public, it was like, no matter what I say, I, you know, I, I just need you, my boyfriend and my best friend to, are we okay? You know, like, and of course we were okay. They, did, they didn't even blink an eye because they know me and they love me. And it was such a, but, it but that, was why it was so deep it was deep 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 at the deepest of deep (laughs) where it was for me
0: and that's a shame too because like I feel like they mostly showed only the bad times between you and Ty but like I can tell because I've heard you in other interviews kind of openly talk about how like you and him are like good like you've been good And like you know, you've obviously you've been around him a lot, like from filming the shows. So like you kind of, I'm assuming, seen a side of him that like none of the fans are seeing because we're only seeing like a condensed version of what it really is.
1: Yeah, Ty is wonderful. I really love Ty. I think he's got he's super talented. He's so intelligent. He's um, just a really unique human, and we bonded really quickly when we first got onto the show. He was just like an instant attraction and an instant um, co- connection with him, similar to Mikey and I, that I was like, I want you on my team. You know, like I want to be friends with this person. This is a good human and we all have our shit, but like they did. Yeah. Taya, I really, I couldn't think higher of somebody. I just think he's a genuinely wonderful person. So that experience with him and as long as he was okay after that whole thing, I, I was okay. Cause I remember just, like waking up the next morning and and still not knowing what had happened and having to wake up I had to wait for Diem to wake up to mm-hmm. tell me because she was the only one who would tell me what had happened and the and it was just like one of those things where as soon as I, I understood the situation to connect with Ty was the most important thing and he's still a very dear friend to me today
0: mm-hmm I almost knew, like, from watching DC, too, like, you guys almost felt like a shoe-in for the challenge. Like, I was watching the episode the other day where you guys were so competitive, not not only with each other, but just in general. Like, you guys were hitting, like, the boxing bag at the gym. You're doing rock climbing and stuff. It was like a shoe-in. Like, you guys were going to be on the challenge. Um, was that, like, like, your intention, like, coming off of Real World? Like, you know, like, I want to hopefully, like, use this um, platform to now, like catapult myself onto the challenge or was that not even the thought for you
1: well mike remember i didn't even know what real world was so right
0: <laughs> <laughs> well like after uh, the fact i mean like coming yeah, off after the Real fact,
1: World. yeah you know? yes it was definitely once you learn about it and i had talked to the cast members about it it was like that is definitely something i would love to do and i i very much love doing it so yes <laughs> a huge part of it
0: yeah and Two of your, se- your two seasons, your first one and, and then like the last one of the main show that you did are like my two favorite seasons. That's like why it kind of like sticks out to me, like very much in my head, like Cutthroat and Rivals 2, like I hold very near and dear. Um, so I remember on Cutthroat, this is funny that everybody talks about this. Everybody who I interview, there's two things that they talk about with their Cutthroat experience. The potatoes and cheese that they gave you guys in the house is like the only meals that you guys got. And that the house was most likely haunted.
1: Oh, it was for sure. Yeah, that was such. a, I mean, it was my first cutthroat. It was my first experience ever. So I don't have like a reference. Your first one is always just like the normal.
0: Yeah. And then
1: you. Then I went to the second and third, and I was like, oh, that was not normal. <laughs> we were in Prague and like outside of Prague in Czech Czech Republic. It was a really funky house. A really weird setup. Uh, I liked the yard they did you know we had like a one hot tub but in retrospect after going to the second and third house I was like I'm glad that was the first house that I, I didn't have any expectations or anticipation of something better because it was a it was a strange strange environment for sure.
0: <laughs> was that kind of the catalyst for um, like taking those next steps into getting to like the hardcore you know, shape and, like, into fitness that you are in now was the cutthroat experience?
1: Yeah, like, Johnny Bananas and Derek and I and Jen, we would go out back and do these, like, cross, he kept saying CrossFit circuits, and I was like, okay, like, that's cool, and then afterwards, really recognizing, like, I could get better, (laughs) like, I, there was challenges that were really hard for me, and I don't want them to be that hard, you know, like, I need to get I need to feel good about myself. I want to look in the mirror and watch a show and not be in complete, like disgust about myself. You know, I was really in self-hatred mode. I was like, who am I? What did I just do? Why do I look like that? Oh my God. You know, like I just spiraled. I was like a 21 year old who just hated who I was. And then you have a moment where you decide, okay, I'm going to hate who I am or I'm going to change it. And you get to change it. And so I decided to change it. And that was such a beautiful yes door that allowed me to realize my potential. Like, wow, (laughs) I can put my mind on something. I can tackle these goals. I feel badass. I feel like a superhero, you know, like all of this, like energy that I've been looking for externally. All of a sudden I was like, damn, I, I did that. And I, I want to help other people do that too, because it took me Way too long to get to this point. and that that felt super important for me to just say, "Okay, what would I like to do in my life? I would like to inspire other people to feel like this, to feel empowered, to feel badass, to realize their potential. And personal training was such an easy way to get to that. And then it just unfolded to, nutrition and then it unfolded to more spirituality and energy and and more of the the poetry and the woo Uh, but all of it really is what makes us a whole being so it's just been a beautiful journey to be a part of
0: well these are important things you're talking about because self-perception and like just self-doubt is something that's a very real thing especially like you know for young people at that time especially like people in their 20s everybody in general but like people in their 20s it's like you know it's it's another beast I should say
1: it is and it's like I don't know I actually am starting to see it more in older people than I am in younger people and I think it's just because it manifests differently because it manifests in older people potentially as I'm not going to be able to change my situation Right. So I'm just going to stay in where I'm at in the in the comfortability. So there's so many people that are paralyzed by fear and doubt. And I experience it, too. No matter what I do, I'm always going to hit another layer of fear and doubt. And it's just it's never going to go away. But it is what we do with that fear. It's how we attack it or how we approach it or how we create space for it every layer in our life like when we stop feeling fear we've stopped living so we just keep going through that process but at that age at 20 to 30 that's where it really shapes your identity to at a deep 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 level you know you have a decision of like caring about what other people think and changing your life to adapt to the people around you or people that you want to care about you or being your own individual and just being who you are and accepting who you are in all its flaws and all its weirdness as different as it is because people don't want to see different that's like really what I was always so surprised by with reality tv like if it's a little different it's it's not it's not wanted you know like it's 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 unfamiliar to the brain and therefore you know there's opinions about it that it's just like how did you get so entitled about this? This is crazy to me. Like, it's just a person being a person just like you. We're all people. There's no you and them. And it's like the, this illusion of separation is very apparent with reality TV, but I digress.
0: No, you're yeah. you hit it. you hit it on the head. I just think like, there's, there's a little bit of a lack of like realism. Um, at least like with the current state of reality TV, I just think like, It's all, like, made out to be, like, everything's so perfect, you know? Like, what you see in, like, movies type of thing. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot less, like, people talking about, like, real issues about themselves and, like, real, like, you know, self-image problems and things of that nature.
1: Which is, like, what is needed, right? Because I guess there's two approaches. So maybe it's, like, on one hand... The world wants to, when you watch a TV show or if you watch yourself in other people on TV or in actors or actresses in movies, you know, it's like, are we trying to disconnect from our own reality? Like, are we this unhappy that we are needing to plug off and and go into a different reality because we don't like our current reality? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. Or are the people that you're watching? Are they inspiring you or sparking something in you where you feel seen? You know, so we, you have those kind of two dynamics. Where you're either trying to disconnect or you're trying to be seen through it or feel relatable. And if, if reality TV and social media and every outlet pivoted to be the relatable and the open and the vulnerable and the real, where we showed up as our fullest shittiest self. <laughs> like and we just were able to own that and be so brave and opening in that way, the world would be much different. The world would be a you know, we would be more brave at saying who we are in love with, whether it be a girl or a boy, or we would be more brave in saying we're not happy in our relationship. Or we'd be more brave in saying we're discontent with our marriage. You know, it could be yeah. as intense as that. Like so it I think what you said is so true. Like the, the beauty of reality TV is that it does have those moments, no matter what there's those tiny moments. And I hope maybe this is like a hope that we lean more into and it, social media and TikTok are included to just being, yeah, it's no longer a production. Like let's just, it's no more performance, no more production. It, it doesn't need to be anything else except just truth. Like what is your truth in sharing that or having other people share it for others is a really beautiful thing. It can be very healing and nurturing. And you said it so well that it can really help show the whole human spectrum.
0: You know, I think we should just let you direct the, uh, <laughs> I think we should let you direct things now. <laughs> that was a good sales pitch. <laughs>
1: Everyone, we're all going to start. I'm going to pull you all a tarot card. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there might be some psilocybin involved. No, I'm, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with it, Mike. Sign me up. Tell yeah. Mark, Long. I'll, I'll, he'll do like the, you know, grandfather, whatever, and I'll come in with all my like spiritual woo-woo things, and that, and then we'll just be very balanced, and the world will be a better place.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, speaking of signing up for I'm sure, you know, you didn't sign up for any of the uh, X's arrivals themes. Did you know at the time, like, because I know, like, I hear, like, back in the day, like, there was always, like, people were making calls trying to figure out, like, who's going, who's going to be there, figuring out the theme type of thing. Did you uh, know prior to any of that, like, that you were walking into those?
1: No, no, no. You, I never knew the theme. I think that that's something that used to keep really well hidden. But you would figure out who was going to be there. And then you could try to decide, okay, well, if these are the people that are going to be there, then what does that format look like? But you never knew until you stood in front of TJ, and TJ said it on the first night that we got there. So it was always just very, like, wow, here we go. (laughs) But my life is fucking crazy. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I always – you had a great performance on Cutthroat, but, like, I'd actually argue that, like, the season where, like, you really had, like, your – um. You know, coming out party type of thing was on X's when you went into the, all those eliminations. Is yeah. it what, what, what is like your season? Like, is it X's or do you point at any of the other seasons as like the one that sticks out?
1: Oh, yeah, No, it was X's. It was Ty and I being really good, you know, just being like, oh yeah, we can, we can do this. We're a good team. We communicate well and we're going to do everything we can. And then as soon as you realize the game, which is, it doesn't matter how good you are. We're just going to try to get rid of you, which I guess is the game. My, my, you know, my athletic performance brain, which like based the whole challenge off of athletic performance. Like if you are able to perform athletically, you will succeed. And then there's the people who can't perform athletically. So they, they, all of a sudden that's not what it is. So I was just like, what is, (laughs) you know, so naive. (laughs) shocked about this. You're going to throw us in again? Like, of course, they're trying to get rid of us, Emily. This is how this shit works. So I think through that process of, like, oh, we're going to get thrown in. And I'm going to be pissed about it. And I'm going to have all this energy to come back and be even better. It it built up this, like, oh, I can play this game. You know, no matter what. Whether I'm strategically inept or athletically superior, it does not matter. Like, I'm here to play and I want to be here. And it it really switched. Where the first show, I was like a deer in headlights. Like, I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> and then the third being like, oh yeah, okay, I got to win this. Like, the, it's now or never. I'm going to win it or I'm never going to win a challenge and it's going to become one of those, like, never win curses that happen.
0: Yeah, and it was you and CT both on that show that you won, where you both finally got your win, which I thought was cool. Rivals 2. I think that's why Rivals 2 sticks out as, like, such a um, such like a beloved season is because, like, two players such as yourself that everybody, like, kind of was like, oh, we really need them to get that win, like, and then you finally got it. But, you know, we talked about kind of um, with the gameplay and, like, you know, being thrown into eliminations I feel like rivals too almost from day one was like a certainty you and Paula like as soon as I saw that pairing I was like okay <laughs> might as well uh hand them the trophy now
1: I love Paula so much I love her
0: where where were you two on the rival scale heading into it like from one to ten like one being like we're best friends to like ten being rivals
1: we were like a two you know and then I so it was kind of a shock to us both and then We didn't even care because we were like, this is just such a win for all of us. But by the end of it, we're we're like very much best friends. It was so great.
0: It's also crazy how both of you sort of had like different paths after that show, but similar in the fact that like you both win and then like go and like live your lives, but like both become like a more Zen version of yourself. Like, congrats, yeah. cra- congratulations to her. She's actually, I believe, I want to say almost a decade sober, so.
1: I know. I know. Yeah. And crush- crushing her job. She's an amazing athlete. You can see her yoga videos. She's just so dialed in. And then she's a the best mom. I can only imagine how much fun they have. You know, it's just, like, the cutest, sweetest. Yeah, I'm super proud of her. She did not have an easy go in anything, you know. And it was amplified by reality tv right (laughs) so i'm it's not easy to do what she did and i'm so grateful that i was a part of that in some small way
0: did did you know after rivals 2 that that was going to be your last season like the main show
1: no because i think all of these veterans they said it would be their last one and they never actually would let it be their last one Mm. so no you just don't believe that when you hear that
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was just life then basically
1: yes yeah (laughs)
0: well you did come back and do champs versus stars and um you were there for another one of CT's iconic moments which involved Torello and um what was where you were there so like what what was that whole situation like with him towards you guys like that animosity like he was just seemed to have like some uh agenda against your your guys team T.O. yeah
1: I don't know I mean I still think about it to this day. When I was watching the Super Bowl, I was with a bunch of people in Mexico and I was like, somebody was like, nobody's as good as Tio. And I was like, you know what? Tio's a fucking asshole. <laughs> I just
0: need <laughs> you to
1: know. I just need to tell you this. And I mean, obviously there's like we all have our shit. And I love Tio at before like as a fan yeah. of athletic people. And there were so many amazing things. You would just watch him, like we would all be ready for Chance versus Stars, and it was before the first challenge that we did, where we like had to pull a semi. Mm-hmm. And he was just standing there, and he's such a like his it, the, everything about him, his build, his uh, the way he walks. You know, it's just a whole vibe. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and he, you know those really tall, um, like filmmaker chairs or like director yeah, yeah. chairs. Okay, so he was on the back of it. So imagine how tall that is. Where it's kind of like I guess like to his chest or to your about at least your chest. He was on the back side of it, Mike. And without even taking a step, he jumped over the entire thing onto the other side of it and sat down. Wow. It was, I was just like Like as someone who just is obsessed with athletic people and like sports performance and, you know, always trying to be a better athlete in my way, when you see that raw athleticism, You can't not be in awe, you know, so I'm just so impressed by him and what he can do. But also imagine growing up with that much athletic potential and like your whole life changing for it. And then it becoming I mean, I can only imagine his own the shit that he has going on and how he was raised is his shit. But like. He's not a good person. <laughs> He's not a nice person. He, I remember the very specific time where I said, I was like, holy shit, T.O. is out to get me. There was something, like, I, I can do this with very competitive men. Like, I can trigger them sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm, I'm a competitive person and I don't back down. So, even in college, like, I would get, like, guys would try to get in bar fights with me. It was a really weird thing that would happen. So, he, this started happening with T.O., And we were at a parkour event, and I think it's just because I wouldn't take shit from him. And his job was to just throw dodgeballs as much as he can so that he can get me out. And my goal was to beat Johnny Bananas and how many parkour flags he had gotten. So I'm just, like, ready and (laughs) focused. And the force and the – I caught eyes with T.O. as he's throwing this dodgeball – I had a full fear in every ounce of my body was just terrified. Like this guy is going to try to kill me. This <laughs> is so, Just the look and the intensity. And so that was the night that the parkour days when we came back and there was just a lot of this energy that like he was just in a bad mood and he didn't. And so when CT went at it. We were all kind of grateful because that energy was in the room and T.O. was being really hard to work with and talk with and also like just such a dick for no reason. And he's just T. O. He used T.O. And so in a way, we were all stoked about it because like he was saying these things and it was but it was like breaking the tension like we needed it. And yeah, that was such a moment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, how's that for a uh, last challenge experience for you? <laughs> I
1: know, right? I I feel like it was it left a lot to be desired, truthfully. But that's okay. It was I raised a lot of money for Girls Inc and that was such a beautiful organization. I came back to Denver, started working with the girls in the organization. It's a nonprofit for girls age, ages 8 to 18, and it was just like this full circle moment of like, damn. I gotta give back, and I gotta make the world a better place, so to me, that was worth it. but I also, as far as the competitor in me, it was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like okay, I guess we play dodgeball and parkour, but I like pushing myself and understanding like the newness of the challenges are what makes me feel like i'm I'm like learning and growing, and so yeah, there was some some left to be desired.
0: Do you still have the itch always, okay. Well, there, there, you go, people. For those, of you- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think it could go away. I don't think it'll ever go away.
0: I read that you and Johnny were almost partners on this past season of the uh, main series. Was that true?
1: Yeah, there. I mean, there's like you know, there's a lot of potential partners and a lot of potential matchups. That it's all kind of a blur until it's it, what happens happens. But yeah, there was definitely like. A moment in time where I was really stoked about potentially having Johnny as a partner.
0: There you go. So there, so it's not, you know, completely off the table, then. It's just kind of the stars have to align type of thing?
1: That is such a perfect way. I would not I would have said the exact thing. The stars have to align, and then it's a yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So in closing here, could you talk to me a little bit about maybe what you might have going on the rest of the year that you're looking forward to, that you'd like to talk about?
1: Uh, what a great question. Yes. So I've been in this van seven months. So I'm living in a van and it's been so fun. Like, there's no greater adventure than to live in a van. I think everyone should do it for even a month or two. It's so cool. It's just like, so I've been to all over the country and then I went to Mexico and then now I'm going to Canada and I'm going to go learn how to kite surf. So that's my new Is fun. It kite surf? Do you know kite surfing?
0: I think I've seen. Yeah. Okay. That, that sounds, that rings a bell.
1: Yeah. So it's kind, it's like a kind of a snowboard, but on the water. So more like a wakeboard. And then you have a giant kite, like a huge kite. Like it can be anywhere from seven meters to 15 meters. And you use that to control yourself on the board and Mm. you, you surf basically on with a kite powered with the wind. So that's been super exciting to do. I've done a couple lessons and now I'm going to go up to Squamish Canada and do it more seriously, which is super fun. Uh, And yeah, I think my, my hope and my uh, kind of work as what, you know, as a human is like, how do I make the world a better place? How do I help people with where they're at and what does that mean? And so I've created so many fun, easy, plug and play support. That's just like, here's a personality test called the bird quiz. And here's a free, you know, guide to how to eat and a meal plan and learn about blood sugar. And, you know, there's like lots of things that I sell on my website and I offer for free. But what I care about the most is really understanding micronutrients. And so when we look at ourselves and our body and our health, we all are deficient in something because our soil is deficient in everything and so now i'm fascinated with obviously teaching people what supplements they need so that they feel strong and vital and healthy but the real problem is farming and real really understanding the ecosystem that is struggling right now with water shortage and issues of distribution and also soil degradation and soil health is why we ourselves are not healthy and have toxins and chemicals and cancer. So I am just on a mission to learn about this as much as I can and podcast about it and share about it and really help people realize Their food is so important and also how it's grown and where it's grown and also learning about our farming systems and and our, our global systems is just so important for us to do. We have to do it because it's the most empowering thing we can do. And that's what I'm really excited about for this year is digging into that rabbit hole.
0: Wow. So you've got a lot going on then. That sounds like quite the adventure.
1: (laughs) It's so important though, you know, it's just so important. It's easy to be detached from our food or what we drink or what we eat. But like, I don't know. I think everyone should grow their own food and learn about food and how to, how to really be in a couple of years, you know, COVID was a, a small example of what can happen when we are completely you know, at the expense of systems that are really not in the highest good of the individual. So just learning about that and making sure that we are responsible as like, okay, my my meat can come from this farm and my food can come from this place. It's It sounds crazy and foreign to some people, but it's a beautiful thing to start to understand where your food comes from and how, how it's processed and how much work it takes to get to your plate. You know, because we, we need to know those things because if COVID happened again or there was a supply chain issue, we really would be screwed. <laughs> we yeah. would really, we'd really be screwed. And then it's up to us to take advantage of the time we have to learn about it and get to know the people in our area that could provide that food. And yeah, I'm just really, really, really excited about where that path is leading me.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what do you use for your podcast to record? Zoom. Oh Oh, man. (laughs)
1: But you know why I do Zoom is because there's a way that it record. It maybe Skype does this too, but it records your audio and my my audio separately.
0: Okay.
1: And that sometimes is helpful. I don't actually ever like if I needed to stitch something out instead of it just having one big file. Like if my recording got really glitchy, you would be able to have it. So I like the separate files that it creates.
0: Okay, that's smart. I used to do that a couple years ago with the same thing, but now, like, I think that was because I used to use my phone, so now I use, like, my computer, and, like, the audio is, like, better and stuff on the
1: computer. Yeah, I I agree. Skype audio is much better, so you're doing it right.
0: Okay, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) With you, this was great to kind of talk about some serious subjects and then also talk about some fun ones, too, so um, I wish you luck with everything you've got going on, and I hope you had as much fun as I did.
1: I did, Mike. Thank you for the wonderful conversation.
0: For sure. All right. Have a great rest of your night. (laughs) Bye. Bye.